Wolverine Nation, you're inside the Michigan Huddle, listening to the Michigan Huddle Cats with Jared Bunch and Jamie Morris, former Michigan Wolverines. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the Michigan Huddle Cast on iTunes, or you can find the Huddle Pass app in the Apple App Store. Or you also can find it at Google Play Store, either one of them. Just search the Huddle Pass app. That is H-U-D-D-L-E-P-A-S-S. We've got a great episode of the Michigan Huddle Cast in store for you today, so stay tuned. You're listening to Huddle Pass, the official voice of former college athletes. Welcome to the J&J Show here on the Michigan Huddle Cast. Fans, it was a very good season this year. No one expected us to go 9-3, and three, even though we lost our game against Ohio State, I think no one can complain that much about what this year has been for Michigan football. It has seemed to be a return to greatness, even though we didn't fulfill our uh, our goals of beating Michigan State and Ohio State. But we did have a great season coming so far. Still looking forward to a bowl game, which will be... Announced pretty soon here. We don't know who will be playing, but that will be very interesting. Jamie Morris, my co-host and fellow cohort, also a former running back with me back in the 80s. Jamie, it was a good year, but this game against Ohio State, it just showed us that uh, we still do have a little bit to go in order to compete for that top ranking, don't we? Well, we're not quite there yet, Jared. It was a great year, like you pointed out. We had some ups, we had some downs, but we had more ups than downs. But it just shows us, you know, we're going against one of the top teams in the country. And they came in on fire after, a, after losing a game. They came in ready to play, focused. And they, they, I guess they showed us what it's going to take for us to become that next level, to get to that next level. We're going to have to be able to be – we're going to have to be able to run the ball, like you've been saying, all year. And we're going to have to, we're going to, have to be able to stop the run. We're going to have to stop the run, and we're going to be, have to run the ball. And we're going to have to find a player who's going to carry that ball for us. I, that's key from my, from my standpoint, what I'm looking at it. It's stop the run and run the ball. I was very surprised at how well Ohio State put the ball on the ground and ran for 300, over 340 yards. Even, uh, even though having Ezekiel as a, that uh, outstanding running back, I thought our defense – would be up for the task. But when you have so many people get hurt uh, on that defensive line, Glasgow and other, other players get hurt, what it showed me is that we, we, we have some players with heart, but we need depth. We need some you know, players at first string, second string, you know, even some, some freshmen that come in that have some depth at positions. We don't have that right now. But I think this recruiting class that's coming up, even in this first recruiting class of Harbaugh, will show some how important it is to get players on top of players on top of players. And I think today, or Saturday, that showed that we need, uh, you need to have more than just a first string in order to pull out something against a team like Ohio State. That's a perfect observation. I mean, defensive line, we're depleted. We've, we lost our top four defensive linemen. And they've been, I mean, throughout the season, they've been keeping the, uh, 
linemen off of our linebackers. And our linebackers, as we've said it early, before, and we'll say it again, they were probably our weakest link in the whole defense as a whole, but we were able to keep those linemen off the linebackers and keeping them clean, and they could make plays. But on Saturday, uh, that, that, that offensive line of Ohio State got up and got, got down on those linebackers and blocked them out of the way. And the young kids that we had playing in that defensive line, they were completely overwhelmed. And then from a, from a, it was just, you know, they were, they were running right. They were, and, they, you know, what we said against the Indiana game, I mean, the Indiana uh, offense gave a blueprint to Ohio State, and they ran some up-tempo, Jarrett. They ran, they ran uh, read option. They pretty much ran whatever they wanted to run. But, I mean, they did a lot of things that we had seen against Indiana, and we kind of fore, it kind of foretold what we were going to see. And even though we knew that was coming, I mean, we just couldn't stop it. It just every time they ran the ball, they ran to the right, they ran, they got 10 yards, they ran to the left. And then the thing that bothered me the most was running up the middle, right up, right up our gut. And that you can't, that a Michigan football team can't let happen. They can't let it happen, but you, you know, the game is, as I saw it, it all turned on that uh, roughing the punter play. I mean, it, it seemed we started off tough, playing them tough, you know, getting them uh, in three or four, four plays and out, even put them back in, uh, up against their own goal line. But it all changed, roughing the punter, and they pop off a big 60, 65-yard run, and it uh-huh. just went down, downhill, downhill from there. But up until that point, they looked – it was, it was, it was pretty – you know, a downright nasty game. You know, they were stopping the stopping the run for a half of a quarter, <laughs> or, or a quarter. You mean it was? It, it, it looked, but I, I did not. I still, even with the success that Indiana had running the same offense, I did not foresee 369 yards of rushing. Nor did I. I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming either. And you're right. Uh, after that punt, it seemed like we, we uh, lost a little wind in our sails. But that being said, Jared, this is, this is why you come to Michigan. This is why you're at Michigan. You don't let plays like that rattle you. You can't. You've got to refocus. Okay, you're going to get some plays come your way, some plays go against you. You've got to focus and play football. You, gotta, you can't let that one play take you completely out of the game and that's what it looked like it did to us. It took us completely out of the game, and we, we lost our focus. And once we lock, lost our focus, it's like the Ohio State coaching staff says, okay, there it is. We just figured it out. That's what we can do all day long. And we can't let that happen. And I know that Jim Harbaugh and, and his coaching staff, and they worked really hard, and you could see they were trying everything they could to, to plug up the leaks that, that were happening. But it just, you know, like I said, on the other side, on the other side of the ball, you got to be able to run the ball. Now you've been saying that all week, all, all week, all year, all season to me. And I said we come up with other ways of uh, running the ball. We tried the jet sweep; they they were right there waiting for that jet sweep. Uh, we tried some different things, screens. They were there waiting for the screen. So and you know it ended up we end up throwing the ball so much we got our quarterback hurt. You know, he hurt his left shoulder. He didn't hurt his throwing shoulder. We keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully he'll be available for the bowl game 
not not that don't know how the severity of the, of the injury. I know it's some type of arm sprain, but um, you know, outside of that, you know, the defense. I mean, the offensive line did a great job in pass blocking. They kept them clean. I mean, from a standpoint of pass, I mean, run blocking. Who was running the ball? I mean, you got to make plays. And I'm sorry, as a running back, you got to. I take pride in that. You got to make somebody miss sometimes. You got to. You got to out quick somebody. You got to make somebody. You got to make somebody run after you. And that I didn't see that. And you know, quite frankly, we didn't see a lot of that this year. But this year. you know what? The, right. This year. This You're year. Right. This year. Um, when you look at the stats, though, I mean, Ohio State only threw the ball 15 times. That's like, you know, that's a, that's a Michigan. You know what I have come to know Michigan back, you know, we, all year we've been talking about Michigan is back, it's back to, to, to the basics. Uh, a game where the quarterback throws the ball 15 times, that's what Michigan used to do. Ohio State threw the ball 15 times. 15 times the whole game. Ran the ball 54, whereas we threw the ball 40, we had 47 attempts compared to 25 right. rushing attempts. Uh-huh. Which, so, so it's a total reversal. And I think when we get back to being able to dictate a running tempo, a running game, where we can choose to pass when we want to instead of having to pass, that's what we're working towards. And I think um, for me, this year, this year, the biggest disappointment has been that the running game never came to a, uh, a place where we can be very confident and running the ball and not having to throw. I think we we started talking about running the ball to uh, running the ball to open up the pass. Now it seems like the pass has been passed the ball so we can open up a little bit of running. But that formula hasn't been a winning form well it wasn't a winning formula against a team like Ohio State, which had guys like Bosa and had their, their, their defensive line and their linebackers are top-notch, the defensive backs, they can cover anyone. When you go up against a team like that, you have to have a running game. And I think this offseason, the emphasis will be on that. And, and let's not forget, we still have a bowl game. I think in this month before we play our bowl game, I think there's going to be a lot, especially now that our quarterback, Ruddock, is, is, you know, is hurt and we don't know to what degree, like you were just saying. The running game has to be picked up, and I think it's a great opportunity now to say we have a month, let's pick it up, and the goal is for this game to be the catalyst for next year and starting a running game that is dominant, return the dominance on the ground. Without a doubt. You know, and the key, the key to this season, I think a big, was a big key, if you think about last year, we were 5-7 and seven last year, did not go to a bowl game, did not have bowl practices. Now you're 9-3, and three, you had a successful season, you get to go out, you get to recruit, get the players that you need, the players that are going to fit your system that you're trying to design here, put your program, put your stamp on the program here, and then also get the young guys that you've brought in, get them up to speed. You've got 15 practices now. You've got 15 practices to get to check out, move guys around, check and see what you can do, see what guys can do in different positions. So it's, an, it's, an, it's a great opportunity, uh, outstanding. It's a great chance for us to find out what we really have in the young players too.
You know, um, you know, when we were playing, there there wasn't a limit on how often we had or we could practice. It has, I'm sure it's changed now. It's, you, I heard you mention 15 practices. Are those the mandated practices only allowed or hours allowed during this time? Is is that the way yeah. it works? Yeah, yeah. This is the mandated practice time that you get during. If you make a bowl, those are the mandated times. Last year, Jared, they had to work out by themselves. They had to go down and have to lift weights with the weight with the, with the strength and conditioning coach. They couldn't do anything with the coaching staff. But now they have those mandated 15 days of practice, which is great. Which is going to make which is going to strengthen us, make make us make us get us more familiar with our playbooks, everything. So that I mean, that's why you that's why you work so hard to get to a bowl game. Everybody thinks, hey, they're going to go. They get a little rest and re- relaxing. No. They get to horn in on, on what they've been learning all season long. That's what they get to do. So in between now and January 1st, they're only allowed 15 practices? Mm-hmm. 15 practices. Those 15 practices are key. But remember, you get the bowl, not including when you go down to the bowl game and okay. you get your practices there too. So you, uh, that's, what I was, that's what I was wondering. So they, they can have the 15 practices before they leave and then – it, which is not include, not counting, or it is included. It's not counting the practices when they go to wherever they're nope. going to be playing the bowl. We're going to have to check. Well, you know what? On the bowl episode, I will have all that information for you. So, but bottom line is, it's different than when we were there. When we were there. Oh yeah, yeah. it's a lot different. We were freehand. We hey, when Coach called, when Coach Bo said we're going to practice, we went and practiced. Yeah, practice. It's it just. It, Early on, early on, before I got there, I don't know if you were there yet, they used to have two-a-days. Uh, we had two-a-days at the Rose Bowl uh, that we went to. Remember that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, we, <laughs> my, <laughs> no, no, we had, we had two-a-days. No, you're right. Coach Bo pulled the two-a-days. Remember how important going to the Rose Bowl was and how important it is to win it, and they put a lot of pressure on you from the Big Ten Conference, and Coach Bo pulled out the two-a-days. Remember that? So there, there's no more two-a-days then? No, you can't do the two-a-days. Those are illegal now. Uh, right. That, I know with the, the change of how many hours a player is allowed to um, be in the athletic program or doing something athletic, the, uh, that change has made a difference in how coaching staff can be around and how the players can um, actually, well, they're supposed to spend time in the books or right. in library or classrooms time and not athletic time. So I, I'm glad to see that because I'm telling you, when it was a it was it was a uh, a job full time job school and playing when we were there, and uh, it is a necessary change. I'm glad to see it, but I do w- hope to see uh, some. Uh, improvement in our running game by the time uh, we play whoever we're going to play. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope we get some more, you know, we get some more young people in, in, involved in the running game. We get some, uh, get some offensive linemen, some running backs, wide receivers, whomever they're going to deem, you know, we're not going to change, we're not going to change our stripes. Uh, we're going to go with the guys that we got, that got us here, obviously, but maybe we'll add more wrinkles to that. Well, I talked about, um, for me, and I, all year, uh, the running game, and, and I, obviously you, you could see that that was 
what I would consider my biggest disappointment for the year. But uh, what was the biggest surprise for the year? And not not individual. Well, actually, let's go with uh, position-wise or or what was the biggest surprise for this year besides the fact that we, we ended up 9-3? I think Jake Rudock is our biggest surprise. I mean, here's a young man that came from Iowa who, who was the second-string Iowa uh, quarterback, and he refused to take that, and he decided to transfer to Michigan. Had graduated. He's on a graduated program. He came to Michigan. We knew nothing about this young man. He came, he came in here, and it, it played wonderful, played an excellent football game. And the biggest thing is, is that he improved each and every game. Each and every game, Jake Rudock improved. So goes the, the position of quarterback, so goes Michigan this year. And it did, as you can see. I mean, each and every day, every, every time. I remember our first time we talked, we were talking about interceptions at, at Utah. We can't make those. We can't make that. The quarterback position cannot turn the ball over. That's what we said. That's young man was learning each and every year. So I think the biggest improvement is Jake, Ru- Jake, Jake Rudock. I mean, that's the guy. I would, go, I would completely agree with that. He was a big surprise. And, and I did see the improvement week to week. Actually, during the game, they were speaking and talking about uh, how much Jake Rudock is now an NFL prospect. Exactly. In yeah. the year, I don't – and playing against Utah, I don't think not a single person <laughs> – Watching the game. I don't think so, though. No. That this guy would, at the end of the year, would be an NFL prospect. Everyone's thinking, like, who's 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 next? Who's behind him? We can sit him down and get somebody else in there. But at the end of the year, he's t- there's so so much talk that this guy is a smart a smart player, uh, a player who learns, who picks up things, who will be on somebody's roster come next year on a, playing on Sunday. He's a guy. He's, he will he's be. that type of guy that can pick up pick up things and uh, who uh, listen. Backup players, backup backup quarterbacks in the NFL last a long time and make a lot of money. Exactly. Case in point, another Michigan quarterback, Todd Collins. I mean, he was a great backup and spent a long time in the NFL. Yeah. So <laughs> that that I. I Completely agree with that big surprise. So what about the biggest thing to look forward to? I mean, after coming up and having a season like, like this, I mean, I, I know I, I think my preseason prediction was 7-5. and five. Um, That was 8-4. You were 8-4. Eight, eight so 9-3, uh-huh. what's the biggest thing to look forward to after having a year like this? I mean, what, what comes next? next? The next step. Winning a Big Ten championship. I mean, that's the big step. I mean, that, what comes next? Beating, beating a rival. I mean, we, we, we were close, damn close to beating Michigan State. Didn't accomplish the deed, though. Need to beat a rival. That's the next step. Beating Michigan State or Ohio State. That's the key. Letting, you know, that, letting that the Michigan, Big Ten know. Michigan State game hurt me so much because, to me, you know, you can, you can look at a game – and you can tell somebody wins a game or somebody got beat. We were beating. That, 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 to me, Michigan was a better team than Michigan State, period. They were beating them, but we lost the game. Michigan, exactly. Ohio State, Ohio State was a better team. Ohio State, had, uh, they had uh, the players. They had, uh, they, they had a point. 
You know, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes you just say, look, <laughs> ain't nothing you can just say, oh, we tried. Well, exactly. We, we showed up, but we but didn't I, play. Michigan State, I think we were better team than Michigan State. And that's why I thought after seeing Michigan State beat Ohio State, I thought we would beat Ohio State. But, see, what, we, what you need to remember is Ohio State played not to lose that game because of the weather. Right. They packed it in. They didn't throw the ball as much. They, did, they weren't Ohio State. They played not to lose the game. They didn't play to win the game. If they played to win, they would have beat Michigan State. But they played, to lose, they played not to lose. So they played tight to the vest. They wanted to stay in the game, not make any mistakes. That being said, Michigan State had a better game plan, and they played to win. They, they went with two, two backup quarterbacks and their running game. And Ohio State, you get, yeah, Michigan State's uh, offensive, offensive line played well against the Ohio State defense. And they, you know what? They played field control, and they won it in the end. Ohio State let Michigan State stay close, and you saw what happened. But when you could see the difference. When Ohio State came up here, they played open. They played to win, and they played to show America what they could do. It's it was also it's very hard to to uh, when was the last time that OSU lost two games in a row? Exactly, Urban Meyer, right? Exactly. Years, years, years. You're talking three years, three, yep, three, four years. Yeah, and um, so that was that was a that was a tough battle. It's a a tough battle, but I we we're both looking forward to uh, this bowl game. Both looking forward to uh, the improvements that you know we in like the improvements that we that we saw so far. So, who would you say would be this year's MVP? Well, I'm going to go with Jake Rudock again. <laughs> I mean, you, as as I said, as this guy got better, as this quarterback got better, as this player got better, his play dictated our win. I mean, we can say Jabril Peppers, he's the most exciting player on that team. But when it comes day in and day out, the guy that touched the ball the most, made the right play, made, put us in the right position to win, I mean, it's Jake Rudock. I mean, I don't see anybody else. I mean, you can say Jake Butt, who made great plays too, but it was Jake Rudock who got the ball to him. So when I look at it, Jake Rudock is the MVP of the University of Michigan. That's a tight one. That's a close one. I would have to go with. Ooh, that's a tight one. That's a tight one. Uh, how about co-MVPs? Um, sure. Why not? Jabril Peppers, to me, um, you just, to me, he was the most um, valuable player. Because uh, defensively, offensively, returning, um, you just, without Jabril, there was such a huge gap, a sh- huge hole that needed to be filled. And I, don't, I can't see anybody on the team that would be able to fill it. Our, our running game, when he, he was in the, in the backfield, whether he got, touched the ball or not, the entire defense were, was trying to see where he's going to end up. Defensively, he was so stout. And in coverage and in tackling, he's, it, it was just he was a complete player. And I, I, I give that a lot of weight. And, but I do agree with you 
that uh, Jake Rudock, you know, he, he improved every week, and he put up some numbers that are, are very impressive, very impressive. And I never thought that at the beginning of the year that, that he – I didn't even think he would be starting. I thought he would be replaced by uh, halfway point in the, in the season. But he improved. Um, so I would almost I – would, I, would, I would go with a co-MVP. But I, I think, obviously, offensive player, Jake Rudolph, defensive player, See now you say defense player. I can't say Jabril. Well, if you say defensive player, yeah, it's I can't, I can't be say Jabril. Jabril. I can't say Jabril. But so that's why I would mean that. But I would have to give Jabril. I would have to give him something because of his outstanding play. That every time he's on the field, the the, the opposing team needs to know where he is, and that there's a lot of weight in that. When you put him on offense, everybody knows. You know, find Jabril. Fine peppers, fine peppers, and that that carries a lot of weight with me. Okay, well, I I'll, I can agree with that. I mean, he's a young man; he's going to be here for a couple of years. That's why I gave it to the Wiley veteran. That's not going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that that that's that that's a good. I mean, season is coming to a close. We still have that bowl game. Um. I'm looking forward to it. You know, one more one more question on on uh, on the season and players. Biggest surprise, I think this is a given. How the defense played, or how the offense or the offensive production. No question. Uh, no question. Wow, that's a tough question. I, I'm going to say. The biggest surprise for me is how the secondary played in man-to-man. They were, they were asked to play man-to-man. And Michigan traditionally plays that zone defense, bend, don't break defense. Let them catch the ball in front of you, make the tackle. Let them catch the – but the biggest surprise is how well they played man-to-man and how well our secondary played all season long. I would, I would agree. Um... The defense was outstanding this year, uh, and and given the fact that there wasn't a lot of depth, uh, my hat goes out to how they played. I mean, and and they weren't uh, up until this last game. This this defense was you know around the country. Everybody wanted to see what Michigan was gonna, what Michigan defense was going to do this week on any given week. So. Uh, that in itself, I give praise to to the uh, the efforts and, and how they, you know, came out each and every week. But that, that's pretty much our, our our season in review. Unless you have something else that that stood out for you. Well, what stood out to me was the intensity that Michigan had been brought back. Jim Harbaugh, we know, is the right. The, is the right pick for the be head coach at Michigan. Um, the the intensity back, the um, the fortitude, the the discipline. Michigan played like Michigan this year, and we hadn't played like Michigan in a, in a couple years. I'll say, uh, take nothing away from Brady Hoke, take nothing against from Rich Rodriguez. It's just that the old traditional Michigan that people were accustomed to to seeing is back now, and. Um, 
I think we have nothing but more things coming. I think once Jim Harbaugh gets a full uh, recruiting, recruiting season under his belt, once he gets a full adjustment of what he can do, he and his coaches can do, I think it's nothing but, but, but bright lights for this team. Well, sir, let, let's be clear, because you and I, we talked about this before. When we talk about um, Michigan returning, uh, some, I think some people may get a misunderstanding of what we're talking about when we say uh, Michigan returns to what they're used to doing. On, and uh, they get, a, get it mixed up with uh, Michigan man and all that. Explain just so everyone knows where you and I as players stand when we say return to the way we used to play. It's not about the same coach play, coaching, but it's the style. And exactly. Yeah, it's the style. So explain more when we talk about style, what we're talking about. I'm talking about tenacity. I'm talking about where, where, where it really counts on the practice field, where they bring it from. The practice is harder than the game. I'm talking about when the players will say, wow, we had an outstanding practice. We're ready to go. Preparedness. I'm talking about where they, they know this oppo- their opponent inside and out. There's no guessing game here. This is the coaching staff that, that uh, resembles what we were accustomed to. Bo Schimbeckler, preparedness, readiness, tenacity. You play a lower-profile a lower team, it's more important than a high-profile team. There's more energy put towards that game than the bigger games because you know that you, you'll be ready for those games. You're expected to be ready for those games. That's the tenacity. That's what I'm talking about when I say old Michigan. Getting ready, knocking you in the mouth, playing football. We're going to keep punching you and punch you for, for 60 minutes for four quarters each and every time. And each time you're going to wobble and wobble and finally, you fall in the fourth quarter. And that that's is, what I'm talking about. That's what, we, that's what we're talking about. And, and this year, I think it showed, that's what it showed, because it's usually this type of, of team when you start off the season, when, no, you know, coming off of a year like we had last year, five, five and seven, no one thinks that they're, you know, it's, everyone thinks it's a rebuilding. But we didn't. What what I personally thought was you need more talent, you know, because a lot of schools are very talented, so you need the talent. And what Michigan has done in the past is they have focused on the talent that you have and making it better. And sometimes you may not have the best player, but you're not going to outwork that player. And that's what we call a Michigan man, the guy, that guy that works so hard, so hard to make things happen, to make to make his uh, his team look good or make his teammates look better. That's what we consider a Michigan man, and I think that that is what we have seen this year. Now, coming to the end of the year when players get hurt, it's very difficult to continue playing at that level with players who are less have less, even less talent than the less talent that we had to begin, uh, to begin with. Not saying that we didn't have uh, any talent, but when you're going against other players who are very, I mean, outstanding players who are looking to play, 
you know, on Sunday next year. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it is very. <laughs> it's, it's difficult to, uh, you know, to win games like that. You you play hard. You will play hard, and and you you do your best. But it's very difficult to, um, you know, to cover up those holes. And I think that's what we ran into against Ohio State. And and let's be honest. Uh, I think this at at this point we've uh, you know some people might say overachieved I, you know they use that word I don't know if it's a word I would use but I'm saying that we've gotten the most out of the players that we have and when you I, I that, agree yes gotten the most and and when you can do that that's when you say you start talking about that is my definition of a Michigan man when you get the most out of something that uh, more than what you expect. Because the person put in the work, he put in the work to do it. So that 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 particular person um, is is what I consider and what we all consider Michigan men. So that was great. That was a great one, and um, that'll do it. <laughs> Unless you have anything else to say, Jay Moore. No, nope, I'm good. I'm good. We'll, we'll see you guys on the backside. Check out our bowl review. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll do it for the J&J show for the Michigan Huddlecast. And this, our regular season, our first year of the Michigan Huddlecast. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our year. Uh, next year, oh, I forgot, we were supposed to and we still will. In this time in between, uh, the few weeks in between the bowl, we'll be looking to get someone to come on as a guest. So continue to listen to the podcast. Give us your thoughts. Start uh, always, as always. Write us. Email us. Text us. Well, no text. It's not giving out any numbers. But um, <laughs> uh, tweet us. And I am at Jared. Jared. I was about to say J Bunch, but it's Jared Bunch. J-A-R-R-O-D-B-U-N-T-H. Jared, at Jared Bunch. Send me a tweet. Send Jay Morris. That's Jay Morris 23. Send us a tweet. Tell us how you think the season went and who you think we should play or who you think will be playing in the bowl game. We may choose you to come on the show in between time so you can talk and be heard on the Jay and Jay show. You're listening to Huddle Pass. The official voice of former college athletes. You have been inside the Michigan Huddle, listening to the Michigan Huddle cast with Jared Bunch and Jamie Morris. Please, please, please subscribe to the Michigan Huddle cast on iTunes. The Huddle Pass app is also available to you on all mobile tablet devices. Again, thank you so much for joining us on Inside the Michigan Huddle. We'll be back soon for yet another installment of the Michigan Huddle Cast. Thanks for staying with us all year long. Go Blue. You're listening to Huddle Pass, the official voice of former college athletes. Get in the huddle at HuddlePass.com and HuddlePassNation.com. You can also subscribe for free to the Huddle Pass Weekly Game Plan and to your program's huddle. Get in the huddle.